I am Josh, and I am a compulsive overreader. And I got some pictures and other stuff to prove it. So I will pass that around. Um, so in here you'll see the pictures, and then also I have in here um, from when I was in high school during my senior year. They had me make a. They had all the seniors make a senior page that was like published in the yearbook. Um, it's a little bit offensive um, looking at it, but it kind of gives you a picture of uh, where I was in high school in terms of. Uh, I mean, the entire thing is about either being overweight or food, so you can you can take a look and, and see. Um, but um, yeah, so it's a qualified June 29th, um, one day at a time. Celebrated 14 years of abstinence. My, um, see, not me. Um, it's definitely my higher power. Um, and my top weight was 260 pounds. And I don't remember a time when I wasn't a compulsive overeater. Um, I would um, get home from school, and my mom's an amazing, amazing cook who's you know here today. Um, and um, and my first question would always be, "What's for dinner?" And oftentimes it would be something great and that would make the night and everything was good. But occasionally um, it would be something that I wasn't in the mood for, um, something that Josh didn't want. And that would completely ruin my night. I mean, literally, I would, you know, wouldn't know how I was going to get through the night. And there was, I, it's not that I didn't have dinner, it was that I didn't have the dinner that I wanted when I wanted it. Um, and that was enough to, you know, just send me, send me over the top. Um, I remember when I was eight years old, I was going to be going on a car trip with my, um, with my, and Jack knows the story, um, with my uh, um, friend um, and um, and his dad, and it was like an hour and a half car trip. So I got all excited and went to the uh, the pantry at my parents' house and got two grocery bags and filled it up with food. I still remember exactly what I put in those grocery bags, and um, got in my friend's car for the hour and a half car trip. And he turned to the back seat and he said, Josh. There's no eating in the car. And I still, to this day, remember the resentment, you know, and the fear um, that I had of getting through a car trip an hour and a half without eating. I couldn't even imagine, you know, doing that. And, that, and that's what it was like. And, that, and, um, and I, you know, I was always a little bit heavier, you know, growing up. Um, sports were always really tough for me. Got made fun of a lot. Um, with that and, you know, different, with all the different practices and, and all that stuff and really never um, took, took to it. And, um, you know, eating was a sport that I was great at. Otherwise, there, there, weren't, there weren't many. And, um, and I got to high school and, um, and when I got my driver's license, it started to get a lot crazier um, with the food because I could sort of get more of what I wanted when I wanted it. And, um, you know, um, I remember when I was in high school, um, they said, what do you want to do for a career, right? And, um, and I didn't know. And so I went home and I asked my parents, so they, they asked me, what do you want to do for, for a job when you grow up? And they had great advice. They said, well, Josh, if you do something that you love, it won't feel like a job. You know, you won't feel like you're waking up every day and, you know, um, dragging your feet and so on. So... Um, I thought about it and thought about it, and I came up with it. And I was going to be a food critic. That was the plan because that way I could get paid to eat. So I thought I had it all, I had it all figured out. Um, and I was literally taking steps towards becoming a food critic. I had written an article for, for the newspaper and so on. You know, there were some issues, 
Um, I wasn't terribly critical, so that was part of the problem. Um, Things that I cared about, other people apparently didn't care about as much, like, you know, the portion sizes and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but, um, But I really thought that if I could just get paid to eat, then I had it made. Um, before I came into program, I had a couple theories about my um, about my future wife. Um, you can see in there. There's a picture of me um, over at Ghirardelli Square um, in San Francisco, which used to be like my you know haven. You know, before I came into program, like that was the spot. So I thought for sure that I would meet someone and I would know that she would be my future wife because she would agree that we should get married at Ghirardelli Square um, because there's no other there's no more romantic place in the world Um, and um, I also um, had another theory which was that we would order Chinese food and we would get beef and broccoli and I would get to eat all the beef and she could eat all the broccoli so that was I figured if I could find those two things in someone then I really had it made Um, thank God today that is not my relationship with my wife um, but but I really I really thought that that was it um, and um, I um, when I got to college it really 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 got out of hand with the food um, I they had the all-you-could-eat dorm food right so I would get there um, and they would open early they'd open at like five o'clock I'd get there I'd eat you know double portions eat all the crap um, and then I would go to the drive-thru, right? So there was a specific drive-thru that I really liked that was open until 1 a.m. during the week, 1.30 a.m. on the weekends. There were a few a few of them really close to my school. Um, I would go there, get double portions um, at the drive-thru there. Then oftentimes, um, 3, 4 in the morning, I would go back and do the 24-hour drive-thru again, um, or I would hit a donut shop or put that in there um, and eat, you know, as much as I, you know, as much as I could, and I would literally eat so much to the point where I would physically be in pain. Um, and I would um, oftentimes be sitting on the toilet with diarrhea, literally because of how much I was eating. And I'd be sitting there on the toilet saying to myself, Josh, you know, you can't go on like this. You can't do this. I mean, I was, you know, 19 years old and had a colonoscopy. That's not normal. And it wasn't, um, and it was because of what I was, you know, doing to my body. And, um, and saying you can't go on like this and you know an hour and a half later an hour later um, when I was physically able to eat again not when I was hungry but when I was physically able to eat again I'd be eating because rarely did I allow myself to ever feel hunger before I came in a program and that was like a new feeling when I got abstinent was you know a little bit of hunger um, because before program it was like when when am I able to stuff it down and then I would and I have a God-sized hole um, every day I was trying to stuff it down with food and there isn't enough there isn't enough food out there to, to stuff it down um, I, I need a higher power today um, because for me it was it would just you know just keep going and going and going and it would you know numb for numb for a little bit and then it was you know when can I have the next thing you know eating one meal and not even even being able to enjoy because I'm thinking what's next what am I going to have next? Um, and, and that's what it's like. Um, that's what it was like. So what happened? Um, my dad um, has um, came into program, is it 18 or 19? How many years now do you have? 18 years. So he came into program 18 years ago, in 19 in February. Um, and um, 
and I had seen him sort of going up and down with his weight, um, with different diets, different, different stuff um, throughout my life. And then 18 years ago, he came to OA and something was different. Um, something had, had sort of shifted. And, uh, you know, I was still, still young, couldn't, you know, was still in my own stuff. And at um, 19 years old, going into my junior year of college after a couple of years of really, you know, binging in college, I mean, just to give you an idea, I realized because I was going to the drive through so much that I was eating French fries every day, at least, you know, at least usually twice a day. So I thought, oh, I got to give this up. This isn't healthy. So I, I had it figured out. I would go to one place and get the burger, and then I would go to another place and order chicken tenders, and that way I wasn't eating fries. And I thought that that was like scamming the system. And I was like really proud of myself that I stopped eating fries. But it was, you know, I was just replacing it. It was like putting the, it was like literally like in the big book where it talks about putting the, whis- um, the, the whiskey in the milk. If you put it in the milk, that doesn't count, you know. It was the same kind of thing. And that was my crazy thinking. Um, and so I, um, I, I started doing exercise for the first time in years. I hadn't done any exercise. I'm actually now in an exercise um, like doing exercise for the first time in a long time, which I'll talk about as well. And it's been a new phase of my recovery that's been um, been amazing. Um, and um, I um, so so I, I asked my you know I, I thought should I take a look at this food thing? And um, and I had never really gone on diets or, or done that kind of stuff. Um, and it was really can I get what I want when I want it? Need it. And I asked my dad about OA. And so talking to me about it, sort of giving me literature, he brought me to my first meeting. We went to the Serenity Sunday meeting over at Roxbury Park, which is still, still my home meeting. Um, we went to the newcomer meeting, and then we went to the main meeting after. And the guy at the main meeting, he had lost over 100 pounds and had been maintaining the weight loss for years. I'd never heard of that. Um, he had this huge belt buckle he showed around his waist, showing where it was on him now compared to compared to where he was, where he is, and he um, and he talked about food in you know kind of the ways that I just that I just described, and I was like, okay, this is me. Then he started talking about God, and I was like, wait, what is going on? Um, and then um, and then after the meeting, guy came up to me. Um, and um, was totally normal weight, about a little bit younger than I am now. Um, he was like late 20s, um, totally normal weight, said, hey, Josh, I used to be over 400 pounds. Here's my number. So I was intrigued. So I called him. And um, I called him that week, and he said, you know, Josh, um, best advice I can give you is before you make up your, pro- your mind on this program, go to at least six meetings. Because if you go to six meetings, um, you know, if you go, go to enough meetings, you, you might even hear your story. And it was about the third or fourth meeting um, that I knew I was willing to do whatever it took, that I wanted what you guys had. And, um, and I've heard my story in this room's countless, countless times from people on the outside who I may have little to nothing in common with, um, you know, maybe different gender, um, different socioeconomics, so different religion, different politics, different, you know, like different, you know, not even same culture, any, anything. Um, but when they start talking about this food and this disease, we're the same. We got the same story. 
and um, and I was having a hard time finding a guy to sponsor me. Um, at the time, there were even less guys that were coming to the program um, than there are now, um, and I ended up going to a men's stag meeting, which is still going on Wednesday nights in Westwood. At the time, it was in Brentwood in this basement. And I went to this meeting specifically to find a sponsor. And of course, during the meeting, they didn't announce sponsors, which has now changed. Um, but I was willing to do what it took. So after the meeting ended, I said, hey, I'm new. I really want a sponsor, and I want a guy to sponsor me. Three guys came up to me after the meeting, gave me their number, and that's how I got my first sponsor. Um, and my first sponsor was exactly who I needed um, when, when he was there, you know, when I, when I needed it. Um, we you know, went through the, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. He took me through, um, took me through the 12 steps. And um, he was in um, both pro. He was in AA and in OA. Um, and since then, had you know, shortly after, maybe you know, two two years into leaving into program, he dropped out of program. Um, but he was so instrumental um, in in my recovery, um, and I was willing to do what he said what he said to do. And I'm, you know, and I'm so grateful. Um, and today I, you know, still have a sponsor that I call every day. I've gone through um, a fair number of sponsors. Um, I had that sponsor and then I went through, I think, about three um, over a fairly short period of time. One for about a year and a half and then a couple, you know, shorter term until I found my current sponsor who I've been working with for a really long time. Um, and I don't even know how long it's been. I think it's been like eight or nine years or so that I've been working with him. Um, and he's my sponsor because he has what I want. Had he been my sponsor when I first came into program, I don't think he would have been the right sponsor for me. He's very gentle. I needed someone that was going to get me like in it in the in, in the beginning and really you know tell me you know this is what what, we, what you need to do. My sponsor will never ever tell me <laughs> what I need to do. It's so I have to be I have to really listen to hear to hear the message from him. And it's always in the well can I share with you my experience? And I'm like, Yeah, of course you can share with me your experience. I've been calling you every day for, you know, eight years. <laughs> I want your experience. And it's always the same. It's always it's always t- typically as simple as well, if I write about it and if I pray about it, if I listen, you know, my higher power gives me gives me the answer. So it's always like, well, Josh, did you write about it? And typically it's a no. And did you pray about it? And it's like, well, you know, I thought I could do this myself. Um, and, it doesn't, and it doesn't work like that. Because um, I'm constantly trying to take my will and my life back, constantly trying to still, still control it. And he's bringing me back to my higher power. Um, and it's oftentimes that simple. It's simple as me trying to take it back and, and do it myself. And I get myself in a lot of trouble. And I get myself into a lot of crazy thoughts. And, um, and he's my sponsor because he has what I want. He has a relationship with his higher power that I want. He's one of the most spiritual people that I, that I know. He works one of the best programs that I know. He um, uses the tools in amazing ways. He, he makes outreach calls, more outreach calls than anyone I, I know. He like, has all these pen pals. He writes all these letters to all these people um, from away throughout the country. Um, he, um, he's of service at all the meetings that he goes to. 
and he has a relationship with his family that I want. He's one of the most patient, loving, understanding people that I've ever um, that I've ever met, and you know he has what I want. Um, so that's why I continue to call him every day, and he's very subtle, so I have to really listen, which is what I need today. Um, and I'm grateful grateful to have him um, grateful to have him in my life. Um, I also have. Um, four or five guys that I'm sponsoring now, which and a couple of them are here now, and I'm which I'm also grateful to to have um, in my life to be able to connect on a on a daily basis with them. Um, working with newcomers is one of my favorite things to do in program because it's so easy to forget what it's like to come in and be like, oh my god, like how do you get through one day? Like how do you get through one meal? Like how do you do that? And that's what it is. It's one day at a time. It's one meal at a time. It's one minute at a time. Um, and I, you know, I have to be reminded because it's so. I'm. You know, I was telling one of my sponsees who has a decent amount of, of you know has years in, of recovery. You know, I'm one compulsive bite away. That's it. I'm one bite away from being out. I mean, it's re- I, I hear about these stories all the time. It is so easy, and it's not necessarily like, you know, overnight that you start slipping, but it's like you stop doing this and this and going to, you know, meet, and then, oh, I don't need the meetings as much, and I don't need the, you know, prayer and the meditation, I don't need the steps, I don't need the sponsor, I don't need the sponsor. You know, it's like all of a sudden, and then, you know, it's really, you know, the, the head starts saying, oh, you know, um, you know, you can, you can handle that, you can do that. Um, you can control this, and um, and I can't. I'm completely powerless, completely powerless. I, I can't. I can't do it on my own. Um, and I'm, you know, just so grateful that I have these, you know, that I'm talking to my sponsor every day, and then I have these sponsees calling me because they keep me accountable. It's like I can't share with them my experience if it's not my experience, right? I can't tell them to work the steps if I'm not, you know, in the steps. And, um, and I can't tell them that it's important to call me every day if I'm not calling my sponsor every day. So I'm you know, just so grateful because my sponsees, they help me way more than I help them. Trust me. They, they, you, guys, you guys really do. I promise. Um, and um, it's, you know, it's like and every time I get to go through steps with them, it's like going back, going back through it. Um, so I have a, you know, a lot of gratitude today. Um, the... One of the um, things that's been tough for me was the um, was was getting into any routine ever with exercise. When I was early in the program, I was doing a decent amount. When I was losing weight, I was you know playing some basketball and doing that while I was in college, and it was fun. And then it's like I would just sort of you know stop, and I never was able to ever get into any kind of um, routine with it. And it was something that um, I had. Never even wanted to do, but knew that I should. Um, and um, it was something that you know my wife also you know thought was important. And I knew it was important. It's like I literally um, knew that like by not exercising, it's like I'm smoking a pack a day. It's like the amount of years that I'm taking off my life by not doing that. I mean, doctors sat me down and told me it's like this is this is really important um, to do to do for my health. And it's still like I'm so like just want to lay on the couch and eat and have and be lazy and have that mentality. And it took um, you know three years of therapy to get to a point where I was willing to to do any exercise. And when I first came into program, um, 
I went, the first time I ever pitched a meeting was at the Harvard Street meeting um, on Thursday night in Santa Monica. And um, at the time, it was like I was like the funny, fat, jovial guy. That was my whole thing. Like, and I would wear all these funny t-shirts. I think I was wearing one of those t-shirts that like literally said that I was pregnant, you know, like that kind of thing. It was like baby under construction with the arrow, you know, that kind of thing, um, which I thought was so funny. Um, and guy came up to me after the meeting and was like, you remind me, and he was like maybe 25 years older than I was at the time, you know, it was about you know, 19 years old. He said, you remind me so much of myself um, when I was your age. Um, and he was uh, overweight. Um, and he said, don't do what I did. Um, you don't need to go, go, go through this. Listen to these people. They can really help you. Um, you know, give me a call. And I called him. He's like, he's like, Josh, like, really, don't do this. Like, now if I lose the weight, like, I have to have surgery because of my skin. It's, like, loose and all this stuff. And, like, please, just stay with this program. Like, you remind me so much of myself. Okay? Never um, saw the guy again, but he had a really big impact on me in terms of, okay, like, this could be me, or I could, like, listen to you guys, right? And by the grace of God, I listened to you guys. And um, I joined a, a gym about, you know, um, four months ago. And the day after I joined, he was, he was at the gym, and I hadn't seen him. I hadn't seen him since. And, it, and he was still in the disease, trying to do it do it his own way and here I was now doing something that I had been fighting and fighting to not do and to me that was my higher power telling me hey Josh like that you're supposed to do this and um, I haven't it wasn't appropriate for me to go up to him at the time it was very public and he was talking to somebody else um, but if my higher power gives me the chance to see him again and I didn't know what I would say to him at the time I now know what I'm going to say to him. You know, I, know, I now know that I can go up to him and say, hey, you know, you did this for me um, 14 years ago. You probably don't remember. Um, but, you know, thank you, and I'm still going, and if you ever want to go to a meeting, here's my number. Um, and he may or may not call and so on, and I'll let go of the results, but at least my higher power is in, at least, you know, telling me that I can be of service in that way to someone that was in service to me in a very real way. And my higher power is telling me that, Josh, you are on the right path today. Um, and, I'm, and I'm grateful for that. Um, so, you know, I, I have God shots all the time like that. And before program, I would have said they were just coincidence. So it's just, you know, just happens to be that way. But in program, I'm able to see them. Um, and, that, and that is a miracle um, because... Because before program, it's like, I mean, this is literally the temple that I grew up at, like being in, in this room. This is it. I mean, this is where I went to Sunday school, Hebrew school, confirmation, bar mitzvah was across the street. I mean, the whole, the whole nine yards. And, um, and if you asked me before I came into program, if I believed in a higher power, I would have said yes. Um, but if you asked me if I thought about my higher power on a daily basis or throughout the day, I would, you know, absolutely said no. Um, and, you know, this book talks a lot about, like, the way that we pray. It's like a lot of people, they're like, oh, we're very religious, and, and we tried praying to lose a lot of weight, and it didn't work. You know, we said, God, you know, please remove this weight, and it didn't work. And that's not the prayer. That's not the prayer. It's, God, please, just give me the strength to get through the next 24 hours without compulsively overeating. 
That's it. It's, you know, it's, it's God, please take my will in my life because I can't do it on my own. Um, and that works one day at a time. And the way, you know, it'll, you know, it's, 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 just, it's just a number. And that's my time. Uh, Atusa, thank you so much for asking me to share. And, um, and I'd say I look forward to you guys, but I have to talk more. So thank you. This is the time for questions only. There's no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. It's being recorded. Please remember, um, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast, which we are being recorded. Um, who has a question? Yeah, Robin. Okay, so the question is, how do you deal with resentments, particularly um, when it comes to um, political resentments as well as just resentments in general? Um, yeah, it. <sighs> well, resent. Yeah, resentments. Typically, I deal with with uh, in the fourth step pr- format where I will write them out and then talk them through with my sponsor, um, and then you know do everything I can get to get to the place where I'm going to actually pray for the person, uh, place or thing that I have the the resentment over. That's the only way that I've ever found that I've been able to lift um, any resentments that I've had. And as we know, resentments are a luxury that we can't afford. Um, we, we, I don't, I can't have them today. Um, not to say I don't get them, because they, they certainly come up, but I can't be holding on to them because that's something that's part of my God-sized hole, or I want to stuff down and stuff down. And look, it's hard to, it's hard to let go. There's a lot of outside stuff going on right now that I've, you know, had a hard time with letting go. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's the kind of stuff where I have to. Um, really pray about it and talk to sponsor and other people in program and, um, and, and, and have outlets for that stuff because I can drive myself crazy um, but with, all the, with all the outside stuff. It's really, really easy to. So. Yes? Um, do you have an I do have an absence and I have a food plan. So the question is, do you have an absence and a food plan and are they different? The answer is yes um, to all, it's at both. Um, I, um, my absence has to do with how much I eat. My food plan has to do with what I eat. Um, it's pretty much been the same since I came into program. Um, what I did was I went through with my sponsor to figure out exactly what it was. Um, when I first came into program based on my past behaviors and based on what I would binge on. Um, I now do this with my sponsees. My sponsor's abstinence and food plan is different than mine, and mine is different than all of my sponsees. It's really tailored towards my specific behaviors. So my absence has to do with how much I eat, which is typically three meals and an optional snack. Um, and then my... Um, my food plan has to do with what I eat, which I have broken down into three different categories. Um, I have red light, yellow light, and green light foods. Um, the red light foods are the foods that are really alcoholic for me, 
where if I start, I cannot stop. I'm always going to just be obsessed and think, when I can get, it, when can I get it? Um, and I haven't had those in, in you know, 14 plus years because I, I just can't stop. It's like I have, I, you know, I've talked about this before, where I'll have dreams and program where I'll do these amazing things like have a piece of cake, which I never did before program because I would never have one piece of cake. Um, and that's, that's, that's the miracle. And I'll wake up thinking, oh my God, I broke my absence. And I'll realize, you know, of course I didn't break my, I would never have one piece of cake. You know, that would never, it would never go like that. Um, but um, so I, I stay away from, you know, dessert today, like typical desserts, because um, it just doesn't work for me. And it's easier for me to stay away than to try to wrestle with it and just have one. Um, like one is too many, too many is never enough. So that's what would fall in the red light. Then there's yellow light foods, which can get a little bit trickier, where I will still want them and, and crave them. And they're usually the things that aren't the healthiest choices. I love the stuff that's not healthy choices. That's my whole thing. You know, I love the like deep fried and the greasy and the dessert and the you know regular and the soda and the diet and the regular you know all that stuff. And you know, like diet soda, for example, was something I had to. Um, look at and give up because I wasn't doing it moderately. There were days where I'd be drinking, you know, six diet sodas in a day, and it's like, this is not, this doesn't work. I can't do this. So I gave it up. And at first, it was like getting apps. It was like I was jonesing. It was really hard. Like, I didn't know I was going to get through it. And then one day at a time, it's like, I see it, and it's like, that's not for me. You know, I used to go to the movies, and I'd get... Um, a large popcorn because they gave a free refill. So, and then I would eat literally both. And apparently, normal people don't do that. So, um, but um, but I don't know why not. I mean, it's free refill. So I thought you you know that was the whole point. Um, but you know, movies are a very different experience now. Um, going um, in absence than before, where it was literally like shoveling it down. Movies and Dodger games, Jack. Right? They're different experiences now. So the, apparently, the Dodger games were about baseball. I had no idea. <laughs> but it was all about like the guys coming down and what you could go out and get. So, um, but um, but anyways, so I have the red light, the yellow light, and then the green light are really exciting. Those are the foods that like I don't tend to binge on. You can imagine what those are. Um, <laughs> most of you probably don't tend to binge on them either. Um, so that's that's my uh, that's my food plan and, and my absence. Yes. How do you practice step three daily? That is a great question. So one of the things. Um, that I learned from the foam meetings that's been really helpful for me is at the, so these, if you don't know, OA has all these um, phone meetings that are on these conference lines that are amazing. Um, literally, almost every hour throughout the day, there's a meeting that you can call into on the phone. And um, they start the meeting with a prayer and they end the meeting with a prayer. Um, just like we do um, in these meetings. And it works. Like you're able to do the prayer on the phone with everybody. And it's literally like a conference line and, and it's no way meeting. And it's amazing. Just like the podcast, like this, some being recorded and someone in, you know, Australia or England or whoever, wherever, is, you know, could be listening to me. And hello to you if you are. Um, but um, it's, um, it's amazing because there's people throughout the world on this stuff. And... One of the things I started doing with my sponsor a number of years ago was we would end every single phone call um, with a prayer. And we'll usually do either serenity prayer, third step prayer, or the seventh step prayer. Um, And it's a great thing because it's like when I call him, if I don't get him, 
I'll leave it on his machine. I'll say, you know, I want to commit to this and this and, you know, checking in and this is going on and I'll close with a third step prayer and then I'll do it. Um, and it keeps me coming back to my higher power. Then, um, when I talk to my sponsees, um, when they call, we tend to finish our phone calls with a prayer. It's like one of us is like, oh, you want to do a prayer? Like, yeah, I need a prayer. And it's always like, I need a prayer every time. And we'll do, we'll do a prayer. And then when they call, they'll oftentimes leave a, um, a prayer on my machine as well as when my sponsor calls me back, he'll oftentimes do it. So when I listen to my messages, I get to do the prayer as well with them because I'll actually um, talk it out loud. That's been great because it's like I'm connecting with these people at least, you know, typically three, four times a day in terms of, you know, um, that stuff and then it keeps me back to my higher power aside from um, daily practice in terms of trying to hand over my will in my life because it is so easy to forget and it's great to have that constant reminder you know because it's like I'm trying to stray and then I'm trying you know getting brought back to to my higher power yes do you have any sponsees or have you had any sponsees who you don't like and if so, uh, how have you worked with them differently than the ones you do like? So, so the question is, do I have any sponsees that I don't like? Have I had any sponsees that I don't like? And how have I dealt with them, basically? Differently than the, the ones I do. Um, I'm grateful that today I really only have sponsees that I like. Um, I really am. Um, I've had some sponsees that I either didn't like at the time or in hindsight realized I probably, you know, didn't like. Um, I'm pretty sure most of those people are not in program anymore, not to say I wouldn't want them to come back um, and so on. Um, when I first came in, I had some interesting, you know, people that I was sponsoring um, and so on. But, I mean, this is how it, this is how it goes. Um, I tend to now, um, I don't take on sponsees very often anymore because I'm pretty full and I tend to focus um, specifically on younger guys if I do take on a new sponsor, a new sponsee. And the reason for that is because when I came into program, it was virtually impossible for me to find a younger guy that had recovery to sponsor me. So I really try to be there um, for for those people when they come in and even if I don't have room to sponsor them I'll try to have them work with a sponsee or and I'll definitely give them my number and, and, and talk to them um, but you know a lot of it when you know with difficult sponsees and difficult situations with sponsees I go to my sponsor you know I talk to my sponsor but I'm like hey this is going on what do you think because oftentimes it's like I'll get into my head because I want to Usually when that's the situation, it's like, I want to tell them what to do. I want to tell them, if you don't do this, if you don't do this, like, it's not going to work, you know. And I really want to be, like, the, the, um, the, the, the sergeant, you know, when it comes to sponsoring. And in the beginning, I think I was more like that than I am today. Today, I really try to take the step back. I, I will never be able to do it as much as my sponsor. I mean, my sponsor is, like, so easygoing about it. I'm not that. Um, but I really try to be as much as possible sharing the experience but look I've had situations where it just doesn't work and one of the things that I do with all my sponsees when I start is I always um, start it temporary I don't have it be like I'm like this I, and I'm very clear about that I'm like hey this isn't 
this isn't a marriage. Like, let's, let's try this out. Let's see if you vibe with me, if I vibe with you, if I can help you, if I have the recovery. And I'm very clear about them. Like, hey, if you decide you want to go in a different direction, like, no hard feelings at all. Like, really. Like, I've had plenty of sponsees that I've broken up with. I mean, I've probably sponsored, you know, 25, 30 people if not more, throughout programs. So it's like it's, I've had lots of relationships that haven't worked out, and I'm totally at the point where I would never be offended by that, and I try to say that, and, but, it, you know, it's, uh, it's a tough situation, obviously. So, yeah. So the question is, do people that used to know me comment about my appearance today, and how do I, what was the, and how do I receive it? Well, I, um, when I first came in a program, I got it a lot, and it was very difficult for me. Um, I was someone that didn't want to look like this. I was afraid to look like this. Um, I did not want to be fit and in shape, and now that I'm like going to the gym and doing that, I'm having a new shift in my body, which is, you know, part of the stuff that was hard for me to do as well, to do something healthy for myself and, and to do that. And the miracles, I'm actually enjoying it right now, which I know is a pink cloud, you know, but I'm like, oh, it's fun. Like, I look forward to it. Like, I'm genuinely excited to go to the gym this afternoon. That's not me, you know. Like, that doesn't happen. That is not, like, I never was like that before. Um, and I am. And, you know, it's, it's like I'm doing stuff today. Is that the time, Carol? Okay. Um, doing stuff today that... You know, I never would have thought that I would have enjoyed or looked forward to. Um, but it was really hard for me in the beginning because I had so much stuff around, you know, being fat was such a big part of my identity. I thought that people liked me because I was a fat, funny guy. I didn't think, I had like probably more friends before I came into a program than I do now. Like, I thought that people weren't going to like me if I became thin. Um, I didn't want to be vulnerable with the opposite sex, right, before I came into a program. It was a lot easier to isolate and have the food as the, and the weight as the barrier. Then when I dropped the weight, it's like I had to start dealing with those, you know, kind of emotions. And um, one of the miracles of this program is today I have um, a, a marriage where I'm able to connect with my wife on, I have, uh, on all three levels of my disease, right? I have a physical, emotional, and spiritual disease. I can connect with my wife on an emotional level. That's a miracle. I can connect with her on a physical level. That's also a miracle. And I can connect with her on a spiritual level. I mean, we're oftentimes praying together and doing stuff that I would never, you know, have brought in someone on that kind of intimate level. Um, you know, I've learned to say thank you and, you know, try not to judge as much as possible because before, you know, it was early in program when people say you look great, I was like, what, I didn't look good before? You know, it's like that was, you know, that was kind of my um, mentality. And I don't weigh myself a lot. Um, because it tends to, you know, kind of drive me crazy. Um, so I just, you know, learned to, to, to say thank you and, and let it go, you know. So And then oftentimes it can sometimes be a 12-step opportunity, which I love now. So who knew? <laughs> yes. So during the holidays, is there any specific tool that I tend to use more? Um, more? Um, well, one of my favorite things during the holidays is on Thanksgiving, um, Thanksgiving in the park, which we just had. Um, that's one of my favorite meetings of the year. Serenity Sunday is my favorite meeting. Sorry, guys. That is my home <laughs> meeting. 
you know, and I always plug it because it's like it's always on a Sunday. It's always at the park, so it's a great meeting. Um, but this is a wonderful meeting as well, of course. Um, but um, I love that meeting, and my dad and I have been going to it every year since I came into program. We always go because we're always here for Thanksgiving, and it's just like a tradition that we have in terms of the way that we start the day, and it's great because you get there at 9. You, like I see all these people that I don't necessarily see except for maybe there and the birthday party in July 4th, so I don't get to see them very often, and it's like by the time I leave there at 11, 11.15 after you know the fellowship and the amazing meeting, it's like the last thing I want to do is like go and, and binge on the holiday. You know, it's like I'm like so full of recovery. And it's like what I want to do is like I literally will like call my sponsor after and like talk to him because it's like that's that, that's the elevated state that, that I'll be in. Um, but I, I pick up the phone a lot in general, um, which helps in, in the holidays as well. Um, I learned early that you pick up the phone when things are good so that when things are bad, you're still picking up the phone. So um, nighttime tends to be uh, my hardest time, especially early in the program. I really had a hard time not binging at night because that's what I did. Every night I would binge. And um, so I had to find people in program that took phone calls late at night. I had to find them, you, you know, look at the book, see, and, you know, who takes calls late and so on. And, um, and I would, you know, make the calls. And there'll still be times where I'm, like, driving and, you know, it's 11 o'clock and it's like I think, oh, the drive through will fix it. And I don't even know what I'm fixing, but I'm just thinking that. And then... Instead of going to the drive-through, I'm on the phone. Um, and then by the time I'm off the phone, it's like I'm with my higher power and I'm praying and I'm, you know, trying to connect because. And then at some point I'll realize what it is that I'm actually seeking, and it's not the food, and it's there's something else usually, um, usually going on. So, how much time do we have now? Okay. Okay. They don't have a one-minute question. Yes. So what is the major defect of character that I was eating over and how have I worked the 12 steps to, to remove it? Um, I mean, there's so many. Uh, People-pleasing is a big one. Um, that was a really big one in terms of, like, I just wanted to, like, stay out of controversy as much as possible. And just sort of, you know, present the, the happy, funny, you know. Um, jovial guy and as long as I had my food it worked out really well um, but when I put down the food of course it's harder um, it's hard to set boundaries um, in general um, and, and in program but by the grace of using the 12 steps one day at a time I can take a step back and know like when it is that like it's right to be of service and oftentimes that wasn't the way that I was doing stuff versus um, it's right to say you know what this is what I need today I need to go to the meeting. Like, I need to do this for myself, um, and so on. And I'm grateful to have, you know, a wife who typically understands. She knows that if she lets me go to a meeting, I'm definitely going to be a better husband. That's for sure. So <laughs> she's like, go. You know, on my honeymoon, she was like, you know, happily let me go to the meeting, and, you know, and, you know, it was amazing and made friends there, and they picked me up the next time I went to the same place, and it was great. So if you're ever on the big island, I got a good meeting for you. So <laughs> it's good stuff. Anyways, um, I think that's time, so thank you very much. Thank you.